Go. All right, guys, what's up? Welcome to the Learning to Lose podcast, which we used to do once a week, and now we're lucky if we do it once a month. But uh, we're going to... That's going to change. Yeah, me and Billy are definitely excited to start doing this more. It's been, you know, things have been busy, and I got crickets. The crickets are cool. Like, in the mic. You know what I mean? You don't. You can't deal with the crickets. It's nice. okay. I can deal with the crickets, oh. but when they're being picked up on the microphone, it's not the best look. So, awesome. Okay. Yeah, these are like good mics. So, uh, we have a very, very, very special, very special guest today, Jonathan. Woo-hoo. So it's Pastor, <laughs> Pastor. Pasture. See, I say pasture. I don't know why. I just always have said pasture, pasture Jonathan, because my I, I I kind of like I don't say certain words right. Yesterday I said pasture Jonathan, and Veronica like had a fit. She's like, it's pastor. <laughs> so well, here, pull, pull, Veronica pull, probably would be like pull, pull that close, like about a fist away. Yeah, Veronica probably around. would be like pasture. That's like pasteurized milk or something like that. She'd yeah, get upset. But yeah, I mean, you can call me Jonathan. It's fine. Okay, but pa- I was curious about the word pastor. Like, it, mean, it what- means shepherd. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a shepherd. So like in, um, in the Bible, God talks about shepherds. Um, he talks about sheep. Mm-hmm. He uses that kind of analogy and that relationship between a shepherd and a sheep to really break down the relationship that he desires to have with his people. And then obviously in the New Covenant... Um, the book of Ephesians talks about how some of the gifts that operate in the church are the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And the pastors are, contrary to the popular notion that the pastor is the leader of the church, the pastor isn't the leader of the church. The pastor is actually a servant in the church that's there to help the flock and lead them, uh, lead them closer to Jesus. Mm. But the true leader of the church is Jesus Christ. Okay, um, sorry. C- can you pull that mic just so it's no yeah, more like, than a just fist? Like right there. Like, no, so that it's no more than a fist. Yeah, there you go. And you can like swivel it. It's very like yeah. The whole thing does this. The whole thing this, is very so malleable. I, w- I want to make sure. I want to make sure that you're being heard correctly. And I'm over here. Hear I'm me. I'm the. Uh, I'm doing the mixing. I'm doing the recording, and I'm you know doing the talking. DJ Pat Ridge. <laughs> on the so, ones and twos yeah uh so yeah so yesterday i came to bible study um and someone had a question about a scripture and the whole two hours was basically jonathan answering that question which was cool because it was about being childlike the, 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 the having childlike faith yeah those who have childlike faith will be greatest in the kingdom greatest or like preferred or rewarded or well greatest in the kingdom really has to do more with uh, usefulness Uh, because you could have people that come into the kingdom and just being part of the kingdom of the of god is great in and of itself Mm -hmm. Um, the extent to which he can use you that varies based upon you know like like jesus talks about having that childlike faith when you have that childlike faith, that just puts you in absolute awe of not only who Jesus is, but it puts you in a state of being responsive to whatever he asks you to do. 
without like you you like you hit the nail on the head yesterday um and i was talking with somebody about it this morning when you said our intellectualizing things really messes us up i mean just honestly i think growing up becoming an adult in today's world yeah i mean there are so many things that just i feel like blacken our hearts Mm -hmm. we see so much horrible and and we become further and further away from that childlike essence not just intellectually but in every way yeah intellectually emotionally and even spiritually yeah and there's like this movement that says oh we're woke we're conscious we're this you know we, we know more now than we did then and in reality what the bible actually speaks about is how much man has gotten so far away from god and the further and further you get away from god you're becoming less and less spiritual you can think that you're becoming more spiritual because you have you know more technology or more information but mm-hmm. knowledge doesn't necessarily make you spiritual relationship is what makes you spiritual yeah success and money and power also really fucks us up i yeah. think it it, it it oh i'm i i accomplished some shit you know yeah i my it just bolsters up our ego and it prevents us from being able to like do and and it just prevent it just blocks us from so much i mean i've experienced it firsthand you know yeah i think well probably every every human being on this planet has just a matter of when we can come to the realization and really when the lord brings us to that that place of repentance where we understand that we've been blocked from him, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I have talked a couple of times. I think it was the last time we were on the podcast and we talked about the uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and how that tree um, of the knowledge of good and evil, God said, the day you eat of this tree, you'll surely die. And there was just as much good in that tree as there was evil, and God still said not to mess with it. Mm-hmm. So it was never an issue of God trying to um, promote good over evil or evil over good. It was really about the tree that God told man to partake mm-hmm. of was the tree of life. You know what? I, I When you say that, when, whenever you're – whenever I'm listening to that or reading the Bible or or whenever I'm – in a meeting or, or at listening to what you're saying, or I'm always trying to relate it to my life always. So for me, that's like, yeah, like good, bad, it's all bullshit. Like, cause when we when good things happen to us, we feel good and we think it's good, you know? And then when bad things happen to us, we get depressed and it's like, we're always wanting to hang on to the good. And then when we lose it, we get depressed. So it's like, Just to be in the middle is is what I'm realizing. Like right now, I'm experiencing something that is supposed to be really good. I'm I'm doing a post I did last night when the police showed up is doing really really well. It's going viral. How how well? Six million views. Wow! I got fifty thousand followers, and that's been like twenty four hours. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like legitimately going viral. So the like the world. I mean, not the whole world, but a lot of people are seeing what happened last night, yesterday, which is people that don't like us called the police on us in addition to a bunch of other stuff that they're trying to do to stop us from helping people because Michael's here, who's off the street. Where were they 
when he was on the street? Why weren't they doing wellness checks on him when he was on the street? Now that he's in this house, he has a good meal, he's getting sponsors, he's sober. Now all of a sudden we're going to do a wellness check? Sorry, it's just like, it's frustrating. But the funny part is that like through that negativity came this like blessing, you know? Yeah. But I'm trying not to be like on a high. Yeah. Uh, you no, know. Well, you got to remember, that's part of the way the church was established is Jesus is crucified, he resurrects, and Roman soldiers and Jews alike tried to completely wipe out the beginnings of Christianity. They tried to wipe out what they called the followers of the way. In fact, one of the, one of the people who was mentioned in the Bible was, as one of those who was given authority to do that, his name was Saul, Saul of Tarsus. He was later converted um, through his revelation of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 9, and he becomes known as Paul. He ended up writing two-thirds of the New Testament. But it was all of that negativity, so to speak, mm. that came upon the first century church. And to this day, there's a church that still exists. Us. The body of believers still exists. And it all started with that negative response so to speak that the world had to something that god was doing so that negativity sort of like like was bad press but it was still press yeah type of shit like it was like people were just talking about it oh yeah yeah because people gravitate towards drama and um you know they want to see people want to see like a struggle or a fight it's like every movie is about like someone's struggle yeah. like you don't win unless you're fighting unless you have an opposing like, that's what sports is all about. Like, we get to celebrate the victory, but we don't get that unless there's... Opposition. Opposition. Yeah, and that's one of the. That's actually one of the ways that most of the church, modern-day church, particularly in America, has been anesthetized and just numb to the spiritual battle and spiritual warfare that we're in. What is anesthetized? Oh, like, no, like, like... Yeah, it, um, mate, numb. Like, yeah, okay. No, completely desensitized. Right, 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 right. So, um... Because we have to remember, when Jesus Christ resurrected, he said, all power, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. That's a spiritual That's a spiritual warfare. He said what? When he said, all power, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me, that's a declaration of war. All right? When he said, upon this rock I'll build my church, that was a declaration of war. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, put on the full armor of God. Those Thank are all so statements dealing with war. Right? right. But the church has been desensitized to that through things such as, oh, we're just supposed to be good, moral people, and we're supposed to be peaceful, and we're supposed to get along with everybody, and right, we're right. supposed to be well-liked, and, uh-huh. and be positive, and if you think positive things, then positive things will happen to you yeah listen jesus came with some of the most positive things for all of mankind and it got him it got him crucified yeah like you you are a more of a realistic follower pastor where like you know right yeah i'm really trying to say it right (laughs) but you see someone like me and you don't like judge me which is cool but like i think that's dope because you understand that I, I I once heard my, my friend Jason. He he told me something about God. What's that? What's that? Um, 
where they talk about it, it's like a part of the Bible, which is his favorite part, and, and they cool. talk about um, beauty and horror like coexisting. Beauty and horror, like just like horrific pain and suffering. It might have been talking about the Psalms. No, it's like a you, Ecclesiastics. Ecclesiastes. Yeah, so there's a part in Ecclesiastes, which is his favorite part of the Bible, okay. where they talk about how these, the worst things are coexisting with the best things mm-hmm. all the time. So when you're looking at, like, who are we to look at things that are bad or whatever, and 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 oh, I don't want to, I don't want to have anything to do with that. It's like no, that's like a part of this whole process. Yeah, the haters, the opposition. But before we get too far down the rabbit hole, I just want to implore like everyone to have an open mind because I'm having an open mind. Like I'm trying to go to Bible study with an open heart and an open mind and clear eyes. Like I don't like a child, you know, I don't know anything for sure, but I do know that like there are things that are blocking people. I mean, what were some of the things that blocked you? Like, I want to see if we can try to unblock people and like, because last night we were talking about one of the things I think blocks people is like, they take everything so literally and they, they don't leave room for stuff that we can't even understand or comprehend. Like, what did it look like for God to create the world in seven days? Like, just stop trying to understand that. Stop trying to like, turn that into something you can comprehend. I can't comprehend the infinite, infinite universe verse like it's infinite it never mm-hmm. ends it's as small as it can get as is as big as it can get you can't understand certain concepts right so i think that trying to understand everything is like just look for where you can relate and look for similarity like it's the same thing with aa like and i think that that's what's so cool about aa is it's like i mean for billy it was like a stepping stone to this yeah, you it, know like, me, the word Jesus made me want to vomit. Right. So like, <laughs> but like when we first get sober, everything makes us want to vomit. So yeah. it's almost like we need to like learn how to have an open mind, learn how to have a new experience, right? But it's the and people, then, really, the, the people, the examples. And the, the community. The bad examples. Oh, you know, right, like, right, right, right. Like, you know, my family uh, smoking crack and preaching Jesus, right? And that kind of thing, so. That probably made me feel that way. Well, Speak that's part up. of it. You know, it's the example of a lot of uh, people who claim to be oh, my family. They're like prophetic Jesus, yeah, wackos. And awesome. meanwhile, you know, they're fucking at twelve, getting pregnant, smoking crack, wandering the neighborhood with like hatchet. I don't know. They're just nuts. And so I think. Partly that's what turned me off. But it's too. also on the other they end. they as a superiority type of thing. And that, I think that same thing is true for like the opposite end of the spectrum. The suits, the money. Yeah. Like he's yeah, talking about like the too, redneck yeah. Christians or whatever. They which weren't is, rednecks, so they were rich. Or, or the poor Christians, whatever. <laughs> like nothing, there's nothing against, you know, rednecks or whatever. But like. <laughs> Goddamn rednecks. He's talking about one end, crack smoking Christians, right? And then there's the other end, which is like super rich suits, fake like condescending well, you have, condescending you judgmental have, Christians, you have that you know? but you also have then you have the perception of the world of what christianity is supposed to be right which is just as just as warped warped and poisonous 
for the entire situation. Okay, so, so you're gonna have the you're gonna have the rich, judgmental. You're gonna have the just like trashy redneck, whatever. But the person that or people that we're talking about being affected by their perceptions of that is a person that in a lot of cases has been taught wrong, and they're looking at Christianity based upon a uh, an appearance and materialism. Um, as opposed to function. And that is what plagues our entire world, is that looking at things based upon appearance as opposed to uh, based upon function mm. is plaguing the entire world. So when you see, a, you know, when you, most people think of a Christian, they think of a good person. Right on. You know, a person that doesn't cuss. They don't drink. They don't smoke. They don't, well, that doesn't necessarily you know, make up a good person. No. Well, we know that. <laughs> I actually, I actually, I'm actually not mad at a good. I think a good person is a good place to start. Like a good person, like honest. Yeah, but God don't even start there. But I think it's a good place to start as far as like. But what if you can't be a good person, even if you want to be? Yeah, even God says. God says the mm. thoughts and intents of man's heart is only wicked and evil continuously, and that wasn't necessarily because of a high level of what we would call immorality in the world truth of the matter it had more to do with man's level of uh consciousness and opinion about good and evil that god said this is now evil and that evilness has to do with man has become so separated from god's way of doing things and god's way of thinking that even when they try to do right or try and do good it's evil in the sight of god and then when they do evil, it's blatant the evil. But people don't do evil because it's not fun. Most people do what's called evil stuff because they get some enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like he said, it's it's kind of one of those things in our nature that we just have this bent in our nature that we can't do right. <clears throat> I, I, I was listening to Charles on the way to Montecito with Danielle and he was talking about, you know, being, you know, the essence of God, like just trying to, uh, be godlike, mm-hmm. just trying to be like God, which is, you know, compassionate, empathetic, loving, honest, all the principles that we try to live by in AA. So should that, shouldn't that be our goal? is to be like that, try, to try to aim. It's his goal for us to be like him. Right. But the thing about it is you can't, the, the way by which God does it is what's the problem. Like the Bible says, we all sheep, like sheep have gone astray. We've all gone our own way. See, it's easy to align with the will of God. And say, all right, he wants us to be compassionate. He wants us to be merciful. He wants us to be forgiven. Well, I want to be those things too. Cool. In terms of the will, we're right on the same page. The way that he does it is where we oftentimes butt heads. Because God says the way by which you're going to become compassionate, forgiving, loving, merciful, and be more expressive of who I am is you're going to believe in Jesus. I'm going to place my spirit inside you, cause you to walk in my ways. Man in our intellectual, you know, narcissism says, oh, well, I know what your will is and I can figure out how to become more compassionate, loving, merciful, et cetera, et cetera. 
See, it's like this. You could want to be black. How are you going to express being black? <laughs> I don't know. If it's in your DNA. Uh-huh. Okay, so... If so, it's in your nature. So, so right? for, 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 from what I've gathered, knowing you and knowing what you're all about, the, 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 the best way for us to do that is to learn about Jesus. To yeah. study everything he did. Then the to, more to, you study him, you get to know him and understand him. And similar like what Billy has experienced just in the last three weeks or so, uh, we oftentimes about, talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. God literally promises, I'll place my spirit inside of you and cause you to walk in my ways. That's a big time promise. That's like God saying, I'm going to put my DNA in you and cause the full expression of who I am to flow forth through you without your effort. So you have to be willing to try it out. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yep. It's like, and for me, like, this is where I kind of get fucked up. I want to try it out. I want to try everything out, though. I want to have an open mind, right? So right. If, 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 if someone, if I meet someone tomorrow and they're like, yo, I'm like heavy into Buddhism and it's changed my life. I'll, I'll talk to him. Mm -hmm. Let's talk. You know what I mean? So I just want to keep an open mind and an open heart. And I think that's where you might have a differing viewpoint. Like, and I don't know how I'm going to get to a place where I'm like, you know what? Like I'm good on all that other shit. I'm only doing this. Well, the Lord has to bring you to that. Okay. Okay. I can't, so. I can't do that. And it's, frankly, it's not my job or any other Christian's job to try and sell you on, oh, man, it's got to be this way. Listen, the Bible makes it very clear. He called us and chose us before the foundation of the world to receive Jesus Christ. Jesus says, where I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto myself. If you belong to him, he's going to draw you to himself by his own spirit. He's already been doing it. Mm -hmm. And when you lock in to him, he's going to put you in covenant. That's one of the things that is so overlooked in our day today. Most people, we talked, we touched on a little bit last night and on Sunday about um, philosophical degradation and the degrading of certain language and terms and things like that. When people think about covenant, most people don't even use the word covenant nowadays. All right. Covenant, when we think about that, we're talking about things like marriage, contracts, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay? When you make a covenant, you're actually making a vow that this is the relationship you're, you're committed to continuing to participate in. Nowadays, people don't care about covenant. So as opposed to having a wife, a husband, people have, uh, that's just my spouse, that's my life partner. Uh, things didn't work out with my partner. So it's kind of like uh, that business relationship didn't work out. I'm going separate ways. The God of this Bible is a God of covenant. That's why he talks so much about marriage and things like that. The, the church is made mention of as the bride of Christ. Because Yahweh, Jesus Christ, is a God of covenant. Like I said, we grew up in an era where we're so far removed from covenant that even thinking about making a full-time, lifetime commitment to anything, mm. we're like, bro, fuck that. There's so many more fish in the sea. I want to try this out. I want to try that. Wow. I want to try this out. But, you know, 
I'll put it to you like this. And I don't know all your business, but you know how to be in covenant. You're a married man. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, but you, you know how to do it. Yeah, but how I do it might not line up with how it's supposed to be done. Right. Like I'm taught, I, I can talk to other girls. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, um, I, I don't know. Like, but see, wh- that's wh- the thing. Wh- where's covenant the- is a covenant is about an agreement between those two individuals. Yeah. About how they're going to exercise their commitment to one another faithfully. Uh huh. It's not about what everybody else thinks okay. about. it. OK, cool. OK. That's why I said, you know how to do covenant. You just might not know how to express it or how God calls us to operate in covenant with him. How does he do that? Faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. Faith in Jesus Christ. And you can still talk about other faiths and you can still learn from Oh, you should. Faith. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, that's why, like yesterday, that's why I have these books about ancient Sumerian religions yeah. and Babylonian, Egyptian, because it's like this. If you got, if you have girls that you've dated in the past or even girls that approach you now they might express certain qualities that you know were endearing or that you liked or so forth and so on but at the end of the day for you there's no woman who compares to your wife yeah all right that's actually what god expresses in the very first commandment he says i'm the lord your god you should have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's like him saying, there's no other God that compares to me. Yeah, you might have knowledge of the gods of Samaria, Canaan, Egypt, Babylon, whatever it is, but none of them compare to me. Well, how can he make that statement about Israel not being able to compare any other God to him without Israel having been exposed to other gods? Mm-hmm. Right? They didn't come up in a bubble where they weren't exposed to other gods and other worship and other religions. In fact, they were exposed to it in such abundance that when by the time Yahweh steps on the scene and reveals to them, this is who I am, you shall have no other gods before me. He's saying this based upon, hey, you've already had the experience with other gods. And clearly, they can't do what I do. They're not worthy of being worshipped. They didn't create the heavens and the earth. They didn't choose you before the foundation of the world. And for Israel specifically, one of the things that it gets brought up is none of those other gods were able to protect their own nation when I came into the land of Egypt and rained down plagues from the heavens and parted the Red Sea. The gods of Egypt weren't able to stop me. So, in other words, why would you continue to worship them? It almost becomes silly at that point. Rain down plagues. Oh, what, what was that for? It was a demonstration. When the Bible, it actually says that Yahweh was executing judgments against the gods of Egypt. So a lot of people look at the plague. You heard of the ten plagues? Mm-mm. No? Okay. So in the book of Exodus, <clears throat> there's a series of plagues that take place in the land. The Bible actually describes them as judgments against the gods so you had gods that were over um the nile river you had gods that were over fertility gods that were over 
you know, the sky, the sun, the moon, et cetera, et cetera. And they were supposed to control the order of how those things moved. And they were worshipped for those qualities. Yahweh comes in and basically smacked the shit out of all of them. With the plagues? Yes, with the plagues. Okay. He disrupts their entire house and demonstrates that they're not qualified to actually be regarded as gods. I'm going to tell you why I... I'm doing this and why I'm dedicated to Bible study. That's actually what I wanted to go to next was like your recovery journey and how it led you to this. Well, I'll just go real quick. So all this stuff, yeah, it gets kind of complicated and he explains it well, but you have to keep going. Like you have to continue to go. But the thing that really hit home for me, and I probably decided this before I met Jonathan, is... um the Bible is like every man's story. Like Cain and Abel is the story of every man and woman. And every story in there happened, is happening, and will happen. Amen. And so it's interesting. And it's like he talks about order and ethics, order and ethics. There's an order to living, and it's in there. And whether it was designed by man for man or whether it was divinely designed for man— Either way, the direction for a good life is in there. And I know this because I'm 52 and I've done all the other stuff. And, you know, I'm a drug addict, sex addict, alcoholic, love, all you know, all the things. And I grew up in the system and, you know, I've been beat down, all the stuff. So I've come to the point almost like through immense pain, you know, with the just to be open to something different. And and the Jesus thing was a big barrier. But Jesus isn't even what I thought he was. Jesus is this... He, he's not the dude on, on the, in the picture, really. I mean, for me, and I guess it's a personal relationship for everybody, but Jesus is... God, it's so weird, me saying this Jesus stuff. I know. Um... I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's more no, of like a spirit, like a spirit, like than a man. It, it's not a man. Yeah. It's and and you know AA is based. And the more I hear this, it's AA. Yeah. Except for, AA took out all the barriers, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. works, and we know it works. That's it's what taking over the world. Yeah. Um. And that's a little bit of it. And, and, and here's the big thing: it works. Right. It yeah, works. And, and and the stories are like cool, and you don't it, have to be like, like anti-Buddhist, yeah. and you don't have to be anti. Like I'm reading a book about this enlightened guy that's really interesting, that Randy recommended. You know that book? So I told Drew about it, and he got, it flipped him out for weeks. He was like on this cloud. Drew, my friend, yeah, and uh, and I had ordered the book already, so I'm like is this conflicting with the Bible and all this? And I decided to throw all that in the trash. I'm just going to read what's interesting and take from it whatever, nothing. I don't have to judge things. I'm not the judge, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but I don't know. The the Bible study has been almost, it's just been a a real kind of a lifesaver because, you know, the pain that I have been in for a little while here and, like, you know, we know in AA we have to have this relationship with God. Our life depends on it. Like prayers, 
you know, what's the prayer? I'm not now. I'm not going to be able to think of them. But the AA prayers, like, make me teachable. What's that one? Set aside prayer. Let me put aside everything I think I know yeah. about this, about that. That's what we were talking about last night by being childlike. It's like the same principles. And I don't know how people might disagree with AA taking out Jesus and all that stuff, but it makes it open to everybody, and it made it open to me. And now, like you said, it was a stepping stone. Yeah. And Jesus doesn't have to be this thing that I thought it was, and I don't have to agree with Christians. I mean, I don't even have to be a Christian if I don't want to, and and blah, 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 blah. But that's kind of where I'm at. And I mean, that's why, like, I, when, when people are new and they've been living, you know, I'm mostly dealing with drug addicts and alcoholics who are new in their sobriety, you know. Graceland did it a lot too, sorry. Like, these people so dedicated in Graceland that grew up with it, and then they go to Bible church, and me watching them has, it's all been like all these little pieces. So go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, but, 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 but some of the people, I, I think mo- a lot of people come into <coughs> AA with like <coughs> a, a disdain towards this any guy ever here. He's God. Jewish. He grew up Jewish and he's there. That also like made me question things too. Right. Sorry. I keep interrupting. But, you. but I'm saying like when you first get sober, like you're, you're, you know, f- immediately, being told like you need to find a power you need to be open to some god and that's a hard pill to swallow but if you told them you need to be specifically following only jesus it wouldn't it, wouldn't work. it would be impossible for a lot of people yeah. so i think like opening that door to putting your faith and trust in it, in something other than you and having them see that work first is important. And then like they talk about the blue clay, like, I don't know, let's go even further and let's start looking at some specific. And it does even say in the big book too, see where religious people are right. And it doesn't like, there's nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just, crazy it's it's like really it's really hard you know to just have like a totally open mind and and to not and to like put your faith and trust in things you don't understand it's definitely it's a process it's a process you know it's something that's like we talked about yesterday learning to lose yeah you gotta literally learn how to lose everything that you thought you were everything that you learned you, you gotta you gotta unlearn things I mean, I grew up going to church, but I mean, hell, what I learned in the first 19 years of my life, 18 years of my life going to church, compared to what I've learned in the last 10 years, <coughs> night and day, you know, I, I didn't go to church. I didn't step foot in church for 10 years. It was, it was whack as shit to me. Uh-huh. Then when I started going to Ecclesia with Pastor Charles, who you heard, mm-hmm. it was like, Dude, I'm learning stuff that I I didn't know this. How I did wasn't you, raised with that. How did you end up in that situation? Yeah, that's the question, too. Is why, do you, to, why do you go so hard? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, like, I go hard with everything. <laughs> like, what's, like, your story? Um, 
as far as like getting back to going to church and everything like that, like I said, when I got down here, I moved down here in 2000 uh, from Seattle. Um, and I've been, I've been used to going to church for the most part growing up. You know, when I got into sports and stuff like that, um, that kind of became my excuse to not go to church on Sundays because I had AAU tournaments and premier soccer league tournaments and stuff like that. So, you know, for most of my high school high school career, so to speak, I wasn't going to church as much until probably my senior year in high school. I kind of start going back a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came down here to go to Pepperdine. I went to church one time. And I went to church with my uncle and the people was praying in tongues and waving their hands in the air and doing all type of wacky shit. And I, after that, I didn't step foot in church for 10 years. I was done. I was like, this is craziness. I start reading all the books about, you know, spirituality and, you know, self-actualization and so forth and so on. And I just, I studied Buddhism while I was in college. Um, because I was also taking Japanese and, you know, I was doing all that other stuff. Studied some psychology and everything um, and philosophy. And so by the time I got out of college, it was like, you know, I'll just keep doing my reading here and there. I kept my Bible, but I didn't really read it because for me it was like I'm a, I'm a child of God one word, no matter what. I have my own relationship with God and I'm good on all that. And then in uh, November of 2009... I literally ran into a guy at the gym, um, and we got to talking. He invited me to church, and, I mean, when I walked into that church, it was at the Holiday Inn on Ventura Boulevard. You remember that old one? used to be on uh, in Woodland Hills. Mm-hmm. It's a Marriott now. Mm-hmm. Um, went there, and it was the most unassuming place ever. Mm-hmm. The room was probably probably no bigger than this, and... Just all the people, just people just packed in there. Mm. And honestly, it looked like a meeting. Everybody from, you know, everybody from Graceland would have fit right in there. Right. It was like, I sat, be, I sat down behind this girl who had a sweater, a hoodie on that had uh, these pictures of uh, uh, guns and dollar bills. And it just said, fuck you, pay me, fuck you, pay me all over the sweater. Huh. And I'm sitting behind this girl. Everybody is just regular. I loved it because I'm like, this is like, I feel at home. Yeah. But then when the pastor went up and he started preaching, at first I figured I'll just listen and hear what he has to say. And if he has something good to say that I can kind of understand, then cool. But if not, then at least I showed up. He got up there and started going through the word. And for the first time, I was reading the King James Version of the Bible I had said I didn't want to read that because all the these and thous and all this stuff. I was reading that shit and it was all making sense. Hmm. All the these and thous and all that stuff that just disappeared. It all clicked like right then. And I started learning stuff about God that I had never known and I had never even thought to know because I had been walking around in life for so many years saying, oh, I know God. I have a relationship with him and so forth and so on. And truth of the matter, I was completely ignorant of anything about the God of this Bible. And so from that day forward, I just I just dug my heels in and I just start studying. And 
probably about six months in, the pastor told me, I need you to give me 15 minutes on Sunday. And I was like, of what? He said, you preaching. And I was like, yeah, right. Hmm. And I preached my first sermon about six months in. Um, maybe it was about six months to I tell you, a year. Yeah, I preached my so, first sermon. So, but why'd you keep going back? I mean, it did something for you, or were you in a yeah, like time I said, in your life where you needed I just, that? Or I learned so much more than I had ever learned in my life. You know, and it it was for some of the things I was going through, breakups and stuff like that. It was it did put some of those things in perspective as well. Um, breakup, depression, et cetera, et cetera. But it was really just, it was like for the first time I'm hearing the truth. And I knew when I'm, when I was, what I was hearing, it was like, I know this is the truth. So you felt like it was yeah, the truth. Yeah, I knew. And it was like, and trust me, I didn't just take his word for it. It was like, I'm going to do the research. And like you said, why do you go hard? For 20 years, I've been training, personal training people. And I go hard, whether it's training myself or training my clients, digging into the study with regard to that, finding out all the minute details of this, that, and the other, joint angles, and all of that stuff. And for the first time, it was like, okay, shit, I've done that in other areas of my life. Let me now do that with God. And like I said, then about six, eight months, I preached in my first sermon Got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and um, about a year and a half later, I started teaching Bible study, and the rest is kind of history at that point. So the preacher knew you well enough to know that you could do it, or what? why did he ask you to I do it? I have no idea. <laughs> no, he knew, and it's, it's kind of like we talked about, and I've talked about it in Bible study, when the Bible says he gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. When you have a pastor, he's also going to recognize the gift of the Holy Spirit working in other people in the in the uh, congregation. He should, at least. Because it's Jesus who wants to magnify the gift of the Holy Spirit in his disciples, not just put that one man on stage and glorify him. You know, and that's one of the things that's missing in the church even now is discipleship. Because you get so many people that's like, oh, well, I'm the preacher, and so this is my church. And it's like, dude, this ain't your fucking church. This is a church that belongs to Jesus. He's put you there, but you also need to, I hate to say it like this, you need to recognize talent when it's there. you know. And you'll have guys um, that have certain gifts, and they'll be like him. You know, he's a guy, he's... A lot like I was when I first came in. He's like, every little detail, I want to know this. I got to know this. I got to know that. And he just he just hungry for the word. And when, as a pastor, when you recognize that, you don't have to, hey, come with me. You don't have to wrangle the guys up. They'll, the Spirit of God will move them. They'll be like, where you go, I want to go. Where you go, I'm going to be there. Because they're learning. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is just continuing to move and develop men of God and women of God by the will of God. It's not by man. So um, there's something else though. It's it's just nice being in a room with other people that feel the same. You know. Yeah. They're, 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 
So there's that part of it also. Yeah, I mean, we we trust me, we come from a lot of diverse backgrounds. I don't think you've been down to the church in West Hills yet. I went and I looked in and I left. (laughs) (laughs) I heard all this music and I saw the people stand in and I was like, I can't go in. Did you go in the right building? Uh, What's her name? (sighs) Did he? He Brittany. Brittany Brittany invited me and gave me the address. You might have to show up after 8 o'clock after all the singing done. Yeah, I guess so. But that's that's also another thing. If you've been kind of brought up just listening to the word, which for the most part you come to Bible study in church with us, it's like you're just getting the word for like two two and a half hours straight. Then when you go to a church that you know even has a little bit of just like singing and stuff, you're like, oh, what the hell is this? Yeah, <laughs> you I know, didn't, it's kind of it, it can that. be a little off putting for some people. I'm used to it, but I know a lot of these guys when they go, they're like, why are they singing? When are we going to hear the preaching? It's not mm. just sit back. You go, you go hear the preaching. I mean, I see how it could be nice if you were just praising God with other people and music. I mean, it's just, it's too much. It's too much of what I already know about church. It, yeah. It, it, it turned, yeah, it's, it scares yeah. me. Yeah. Basically, it just scares me. Yeah. Yeah. For some people, it's like, for some people, that's the only reason they go to church. It's just for the music. Everybody loves the music. Yeah. They love the music. The only issue that you eventually run into with that is oftentimes the people that are going for the music and everything, they're looking for an emotional high. Mm, it's like a concert for them or yeah, something. Yeah, it turns into a concert and they go for that. They don't actually end up getting fed the word or getting developing any understanding in their relationship with Christ. It's just all about the music. Conversely, you have a person who they never learn to praise the Lord and thank the Lord for what He's done. And you it's guys just say about, it's not about emotion, though. But I got to tell you, when I go to Bible study, I feel better. Yeah. When I'm well, in there, I'm good. You can have emotion, and you're going to have emotion. What it is, is having emotions brought into order of how it's supposed to operate. You know, mm-hmm. having them trained, so to speak. So you're not just emoting. Yeah, of course, you're going you're gonna to feel better. You should. Mm. Um, you know it's just about your emotions being in order so you're not ruled by your emotions but rather you're ruled by and led by the Holy Spirit Mm. which will put your emotions in order so that they can be used for for the furtherance of the gospel and for the the moving forward of the kingdom your emotions are actually very important put it like this your emotional aspect as a man your emotional fleshly counterpart is your wife? Is your it's you the woman? She's the woman, very. I don't have one of those. Well, well, if you did, but oh. she the woman serves a very vital role in the body of Christ. If her emotions are all out of whack, and you know it's just oh well, I feel this, I feel that, you're gonna be off track. But if her emotions are in order, anchored in the Holy Spirit, mm. there's certain spiritual sensitivities that women have because of their emotional connection that avails them to certain spiritual sensitivity that most men will never even have ever i can just see so much hate coming from that comment if people listening i mean nowadays if 
a man's a woman and a woman's a man. There's no difference and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So just to say that would piss a lot of people off, but I hear you. Yeah, no, like I said, it, you just got to understand there's order, you know, and both of their roles for a man and woman, they're vital for the continuation, for the furtherance of the, of the house. Trying to make them the same, it's actually going to do more to damage the house in the long term. You know, yeah, if you, you you get in your car and you have one uh, one gear says R, another one says D. That means one of them going to go forward, one of them going to go backward. If you say, well, R is D, shit, try that. See what happens. Seriously. Just put, just put it in, put it right up there to R, put that gear in R and see what happens. Yeah, but, um, you know, gender isn't, an engine but it does drive a lot of it drives life and operating in those functions is what drives life if you if we want to go backwards and go towards death then you just make everything on there r r r r r no there's a time to part there's a time to go in reverse there's time i to, mean if you can't if people can't like recognize that that men and women are different then they're just idiots and women can reproduce and men can't. Well, and, and women are a little bit. I think women are in touch with their emotions in, absolutely. A, di- in a different way than men are. Yeah. And uh, men are stronger physically than women. And we, just, I don't even, we're not even going to go down that rabbit hole because it's just a stupid rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. And, and I'm not, we're not going to be bullied into believing that men and women are the same thing because people are like, they want attention. And they're like, uh, it doesn't matter. No, we just saw a great documentary called What is a Woman? It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. No, and I'm glad you said that, but we're not going to be bullied into that because, unfortunately, that's exactly what has happened with a lot of the church. Right. They're just forced to like... They've allowed themselves to be bullied. You got to remember, Jesus said, all power, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And then you got the church that's backing down and cowering down saying, oh, well, we have to be socially acceptable. We have to be politically correct. Bullshit. It's even happened to this podcast a little bit. It, it just, it's hard not to. I just said it straight. Okay. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm not going to play that game anymore. But we used to like just play well, I'm, it I'm, out I'm, there, boy, and it was rough. I'm a, I'm a little afraid to go back and listen to what, what's on here. But, right. But now with Graceland and just... I mean, that's the thing is like you you, you get more response, you know, you you, you get more things and you become more successful and the more popular we become, the more... The more you have to lose. The harder it is to like... You learning to lose. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. It's like, but yeah, in the beginning, yeah, we didn't really have as much to lose. So it was easier to rock that. But part of the reason that I wanted it to be that was because I knew that like that's the solution. That's like the key. Yeah. Is like not being that's why Buddhism's so cool because it's like you're not we're not supposed to have any attachment to any things outside of what's going on inside. But that's this too. That's yeah. what that's part of what Jesus said. I didn't say it wasn't. Oh. But Jesus. the essence of Buddhism is no attachments. Yeah, Jesus said, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, he said, my, my soldiers will fight. But Jesus had no attachments to this world except for 
those that he gave his life to sacrifice to be redeemed back to himself. I got a good idea. So Jesus is this one big blocker, just saying the word Jesus. Like a lot of people, oh God, here we go. Right. Could you explain like a little bit what your, what you, I mean, what you interpret that is or what you think that is or like. Who Jesus is? Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, for most people, it's the picture on the wall, right? Oh. And you yeah. said it, it, he's wisdom, he's the word. He's wisdom, he's, he's the word. And then it says in there he's not he's some ugly dude that no one really look at, you know, and like I don't know if he's ugly, but he's not like an he's not like the He would be a regular average Joe. And I, you know, I like kind of like what what Pat said. I don't care, I have nothing to lose. One of the things about Jesus, he expressed what my uncle describes as he describes it as the invulnerability of being completely vulnerable. Mm. In other words, he laid it all out there on the cross. And at that point, it's like, what can you do to me? Nothing. Mm. You, you've beat the shit out of me. I've done nothing wrong. You put a crown of thorns on my head, and I'm actually the king. You did it to mock me, and I'm actually the real thing. All right? And the greater thing about all of that is that you, what Jesus shows is, in terms of being wisdom, is you thought that by killing me, you were going to end it all. This is just the fucking beginning. Uh-huh. Mm. And it's like... So that stands for so many things right there besides what we think of Jesus as, right? Yeah. And the vulnerability thing, because that's what we were going for, too, with this podcast, is being open and vulnerable and honest and genuine. That's what I think. That's what kept me going with the podcast is we would get up there and we would just tell the truth, right? And it is a strength in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we we've to 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 just apply that in like actual specific terms like we've been depressed. Me and you both for like a while now. You know, I, yeah. I heard this podcast talking about depression, and people who are depressed are more in reality than it talks about delusion and mm-hmm. how some delusions are good because they keep people happy, even though right. it's fucking fantasy bullshit. But yeah. the guy who's depressed actually sees things as it is. I think that, but I, 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 I do want to think and believe that there's a way to experience like joy in this life and not be delusional. The way you experience joy in his life, I mean, Jesus lays it out. It's through the Holy Spirit. Okay, but like, what does that mean? Again, it's some joy is a <clears throat> joy isn't a passive emotion. Joy is a a an acknowledgement of things that go beyond the present circumstance. So, like, I'll give you an example of joy in my life. I'm not happy. When my son misbehaves, I was never happy when he would shit in his diaper, when I had to change it or anything like that. But the joy that I have at his mere presence in my life, I can look past changing diapers. I can look past the tantrums. I can look past all of that because of the joy. The ha- If it was all about happiness, I'd have tossed him out with a diaper. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? I, you know, if it's all about happiness, you get rid of your kid as soon as they throw a tantrum. One of the best ways to experience joy 
is through relationship. The God of this Bible, Jesus Christ, is calling us back into a relationship with God the Father. He's not calling us into a religion. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. It's about restoring a relationship, not about establishing a religion. And so as you press into Jesus and he becomes more present in your life, just like my son is fully present in my life, as Jesus becomes more present in your life, you will begin to express and experience rather joy. All right. There'll be the highs and lows. You know, you have happy times, sad times, this, that and the other. But joy will all be in the in knowing that you are in relationship with him and his presence is with you always. And that's that's part of his will. He wants that to be a part of a part of our life is for us to have that joy. And, you know, like you guys talking about depression and delusion and everything like that. A lot of the depression comes when people are beat down with sin and what they've done and regret. And, you know, when they're worried about, oh, man, well, I did this. And so that's going to happen tomorrow. This is going to be fucked up. That's going to be fucked up. That's one of the reasons why we read the other night. Jesus says, take no thought for tomorrow. You know, don't worry about it. It's one of the reasons why Jesus says your sins are forgiven. Jesus showed himself vulnerably to people who were in a vulnerable position, but based upon the societal norms, they shouldn't be showing their vulnerabilities. The woman with the issue of blood, the people that were crippled, the people that had uh, uh, demons. All right. Like we talked about yesterday, some of the people that had demons, they expressed the same pathologies of a person with uh, schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. The exact same pathologies. And it's like these people, based upon societal norms, they're not supposed to be acting that way. They're not supposed to be expressing themselves in that way. Jesus dealt with them straight up. Yeah, it's hard to admit where you're weak and people like will attack that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jesus dealt with them straight up. He didn't, like you were saying earlier, he didn't judge them. He recognized where there was a deficiency and the deficiency was really in them. The deficiency in the person who was a lunatic was the same. That was the deficiency in a person who was a Pharisee living high off the hog in his house and uh, having a high position in the temple. Their deficiency you don't have a relationship but with God the Father. And the only way you're going to get it is through faith in me. That was Jesus' whole message. If you're an absolute lunatic, bipolar, schizophrenic, you need me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you're Simon the Pharisee, living high on the hog, working in the temple, you're rich and everything like that, the reason why you're caught up in all your pride, narcissism, and self-righteousness is because you don't have me. Solution is the same across the board. <clears throat> So if people want to check this out, how can they check out your sermons and stuff? They got to come with you. I mean, like <laughs> uh, uh, in like Colorado or Idaho. I mean, um, people in New Zealand. There's people all over the world. Listening so we're on, um, we're on Facebook. We have, it's actually a private face, Facebook group. It's called Ecclesia of Jesus Christ Westlake. Um, so people can always get on there. Um, and, you know, request to be added to the group, and we mm-hmm. add people all the time. 
um, we'll, we'll, we'll or put mutual that, friends of yours or whatever. We'll put that in the like description link in the in the description of the podcast. Yeah. Um, do you have any more anything else that you want to ask or anything else that we need to say or to wrap it up? I mean, I I could keep talking, but you know, I guess not. Do you? Um, I don't know. I guess just you know, for anyone that's interested, or I guess if you're if you don't feel like you're fulfilled, or if you feel like something's missing, or. You know, that is that kind of how you felt before you... Yeah. I mean, one of the things about um, coming to Christ is we all have a void that can only be filled by Him. Mm-hmm. And those voids are numerous. You know, get into the place where you actually recognize there's a void. Sometimes people have filled all of their voids, but they've only filled them with things that are temporary. All right. So you have a person that will say, well, I'm complete. I'm fine. I'm good. But let their life get shaken up a little bit. And that, those things that they fill those holes with, they start falling out. And then they start saying, oh, shit, I got a hole here. I got a hole there. I got a hole there. I didn't know that. That's, you know, and it's like, oh, shit. It's because their life got shook up. When you are founded in Jesus Christ firmly, you are going to get shook up. But when you're founded on the rock, you don't have anything that's going to fall out. Mm-hmm. In fact, what's going to come out more and more is the Spirit of God. That's what's going to shine through through all the chaos and everything like that. A lot, again, a lot of people don't know that because they think that Jesus is, oh, he's just, like you were saying, the white dude in the picture with the lamb on his shoulder or the one that's looking off into the distance like this. <laughs> like... No, he's he's wisdom. He's the word that established everything that we live in. All right. He's the very agent by which the entire cosmos was created. If you can start with even believing that, that he's the very word by which God said, let there be light. Let there be the sun, the moon, the stars and everything like that. And we're seeing that experience in that every single day then our problems that we're experiencing are nothing to him. He can handle it, no problem. Mm-hmm. What I would add to that is we're not dumb. Nobody in this room is dumb. And I think I would, I looked at it as dumb before. You know, just accepting and blind faith or whatever. It's not blind faith. There is words. And... Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying I'm a Jesus freak or anything, but what I'm saying is there's something to it, and it's just so much bigger than what I could really put into words and yeah. together. And uh, there's a design there that works, and what do you got to lose? Yeah, like a lot of times when I'm things I'm going through, I, I there's like a story or an example of why that's necessary in the Bible. Especially yeah. if you have someone like him explain it because it brings it to life, you know? Yeah. Like Randy brings AA to life, he yeah. brings yeah. this to life, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's everything that I've been going through, being like misunderstood and, for lack of a better word, persecuted or attacked, and just when you're trying to do the right thing, when you know, I've never, never in my life have I ever tried harder to help more people and never in my life have I experienced more judgment and, and, and opposition ever mm, absurd absurd amounts, amounts. and Ridiculous. it's like you know you see people send me stuff online it's it's almost sounds corny like you know when 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 that's the, you know the devil comes out and the demons are gonna attack you when you try to do the right thing or like it, it's it's um you're a warrior and you're fucking, you know, being stabbed by spear. It's just like, it seems like really, really true. It's like when we first, <laughs> when I first started this mission, it was like, you know, I want to promote vulnerability and I want to promote honesty and like, I want to show transparency. people transparency. I want, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the guinea pig and I'm going to expose all this shit about myself where when I fight with my wife when I struggle my depression my, my the ugly parts of me cuz I thought that would be like the probably one of the best ways to help someone else yeah. not feel so bad about themselves yeah. and I'm okay and I'm growing from it and it's like but as soon as I started doing that people just wanted to jump down my throat and be like you're easy you target remind me of my abusive husband and I now know that that's who you are and I'm going to judge you for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I didn't really think it through. I didn't really care. I'm kind of reckless and like punk rock and how I do everything. And now I'm just on this like crazy wild ride of like, it's, it's like, I almost had, I just have like this, like, like anxiety, like in fear, just like constantly all the time. Yeah, but if you think about it, let's say, you know, you're 80 years old and you look back. It's fucking cool that you did it. Because you said, you know, you faced the fear and you did it. Yeah, I'm like an extreme person. You got a lot of arrows in your back or whatever. Yeah, I'd rather live like an extreme life than than a boring one. I mean, you know, it's not just the persecution. It's, there's like 20 human beings in this, under living in this house. That's scary. You know, and they're all like really sick people. Yeah, fucked up. It's it's an insane asylum, run by the fucking lunatics. One of the most <laughs> insane people. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't think I'm like insane anymore, but like I, I, I think that, I mean, I'm definitely not like. W- w- me, Woody, and Madison are like, and Danielle are like, you know, we're we're all still trying. We're figuring it out. I don't think anyone has it all figured out. I mean, you go to the doctor and they're just like... But that's the church, though. Right. That's the church. There's no... There's no... Yeah. There's no apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher that's got it all figured out. Right. I mean, anyone who says they do is sus. They're a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah. They're a lunatic and they're a liar. Yeah, and they're probably lying about their lunacy. Mm-hmm. And they a, license, a, fucking, a license, you, you jump through some hoops yeah. to get a piece mm-hmm. of paper. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's. I think most people who have like an actual license 
might not be as good at whatever it is they're doing as other people who don't have a license. That yeah. doesn't necessarily like, that's not like a golden crown of truth or whatever. The the vocation or the calling that the Lord calls you to is the greatest credential you can ever have in life. And when you find the calling that he's called you to, and the thing about it is he's called us all to lift up Jesus Christ. All right. The form or the, the format in which you do it might differ from where I do it. You might do it here at Graceland. I do it at the, you know, at, at church or in Bible study. But well, I'm not uh, necessarily. <clears throat> I mean, my, my main focus is on helping them see what's blocking them from being able to stay sober and right. live life. I'm not like <clears throat> lifting up Jesus in the house only. They're, they need to learn how to like not react to their emotions. <clears throat> you know, and wreck their life, you know, and yeah. stay sober. No, no, I get that. But well, I guess what I'm saying is, <clears throat> as you continue to learn more about Jesus, similar to like with him, it's not going to take away from what you're already doing. In fact, it's going to no. augment what you've been doing because it's going to put into a ultimate perspective, Jesus being that ultimate perspective for us, it's going to put into ultimate perspective what you actually are doing. You know, because there's even some, you're talking about some of the persecutions and everything. There's some burdens that we take on ourselves that you don't have to take on. Right. You know. Yeah, like I'm over here. Most of it probably. Yeah, yeah. There's some burdens that we bring on ourselves that we got to, if we understand that Jesus already did Or our perception of things that may or may not happen in the future it's not yeah. real it's like we we can there's so many things we can be afraid of some of them might seem a little more real than others because of like some of the noise that's yeah going on in the in, in this industry and you know but i mean the truth is is like this everything is going great yeah you know what's been the cause of my depression and i was at a meeting earlier today and it was a very small meeting and i was looking at the people in there and thinking How fucking tragic. We're alone and we're going to die. And we know it. And it's just... That's what scares me. What do you mean we're alone? Basically we're alone. When you're at home and you're alone... Yeah, but right now we're with other people. To a degree. I mean, right now... Right now I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you go home and you're temporarily alone. I'm not. But when I am, I am temporarily, yeah. right? But like you were saying, the connections that we have with... There's this yeah. quote that I've been really loving lately. Have you ever seen um, <clears throat> the show, I Know This Much To Be True? Or I Know This Much Is True with um, Mark Ruffalo. He plays twin brothers. Mm-mm. He says What's that... that he says that... Ah, oh, it's such a great quote. It's like, you know, something about like my past and like my family's like bad past has brought me here but i know the 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 few things that i don't know a whole lot you know but the things that i do know are that i sort of remember this god exists in our connection to other people mm. and love grows through forgiveness Something like that, yeah. A couple really good lines and like the connection that we have at Bible study or in this room or in this house or at a meeting and 
with other people. Like you were saying, the relationships are what's important, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and God reveals himself through those you, relationships, yeah. through all of us. But mainly he's talking about the relationship, I think. Yeah. But let me ask you, so Who? In, in Bible study... Who's talking? Oh, Jonathan? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but like we, if there are no other human beings well, on the planet, I don't know how we would ever... So... We have to... Com- I mean, th- that's the whole point of what he's doing is he's communicating to other human beings and that's how the message is being... Yeah, no, I get it. And recently I've had this change where relationships have, I guess it's been happening for a while, but they've become, I never gave a shit. What I gave a shit about is if I could fuck you or you could entertain me in some way. Right. And I didn't know that's what I was, how I was operating. But I know that now because of what I've gone through, that connections have become so important to me, even if they're brief. And I'll send out a bunch of texts now. Right. I'll make all these efforts just to connect. Yeah. Um, and it's like money, no money, you know, whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. That's the main fear. I think that's what causes my depression. Like I have a little kid and I know that I'm going to die. All my family's dead. I've watched. They all died a long time ago, right? This death thing is just... But then they're offering this everlasting life, which is another hard pill to swallow, right? But but then there is something more. You can just feel... Like, when you were in Bible study, did you feel good last night? I mean, yeah. I, I was also, like, riding the wave of this, like, insane post that I just did, oh, yeah, which yeah. didn't hurt. Well, when I'm but I was there, going either way. That's yeah. the thing. It's like I had decided to go before the cops knocked on my door, which is kind of a trip. I'm surprised you show up because when I left your house, I'm like, he, he, 90% he's not going to I mean, show I up. was like right in the middle of like a, the biggest tidal wave I've ever experienced in my life. I've, ne- I've been you know doing social media for over a decade. I've never had anything happen. Six to million? the degree that it happened last night right before I went to Bible study. Yeah. And I sat in that room for almost two hours. I didn't even look at my phone, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I didn't really look at my phone even yeah. when I got home I or this morning. I'm just like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like I, I did a couple more posts today. I did one about like, you know, the day you quit at that very moment, you were the closest to achieving your dreams than you've ever been. And what? people quit. Like, as soon as you give up oh. on whatever it is you're trying to do, right, right, right. Y- you were at that very moment you could have been this closer close. than you've ever been to achieving I've the thing. everything in my life, yeah. So that was sort of just an inspirational... Actually, Maud's son talked about it on his page, and that's where the inspiration came from. I'm sure people have said it before. I'm sure he got it from someone, but... Yeah, um, I, I felt good in in the room. I think Jonathan has like a yeah, like a gift. Yeah, I was you know? thinking that, but I yeah, a gift. And he's like always like using me as an example. 
Well, he does. He knows what he's doing because it's not just you. (laughs) He uses everybody and he engages and he weaves through and he connects. Yeah, yeah. I kind of do that up there too. I'll I'll, I'll ask, you know, I'll ask a question. You want to ask a question and see if anyone can answer it so they can start to participate. She she likes to answer the questions. You know, like, did (laughs) you hear what? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll just be like, you know, I'll look at someone and be like, yeah, this fool's not even paying attention. And I'll just be like, so what did, what did she just say? Right. What was her feedback on Johnny? Yeah. And that person, so a lot of times, actually, to my surprise, they are paying attention. And they do, they did hear what was being said. Right, maybe they're in thought or something. Yeah. <sighs> did the two, any of you have anything to add? Nada? Yeah, here you can just you know, talk she can always talk. microphone. Is this one uh, hooked up? Yeah. Yeah, you can just talk right in there. Hi. Hey. Hello. This is Mary. What's Hi, up? Mary. I've been on the back end of this, but very front to um, understanding. Um. I just want to say that there is a, a bridge. How do we go like from like being a person of faith? How do we go from being a person full of hurt, being a person full of trauma, of not understanding, of not knowing, to being a person full of faith, a faith that we don't know? Like, how do we actually make the jump? How do we like, yeah, we hear this podcast today and we understand that there's a Jesus that we are all talking about, but how do we actually go from like understanding and digesting this message of this podcast today to actually like bringing it to our lives? Because to a lot of people, Jesus may still be like the picture. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like what I'm trying to do. So Jesus is not just the picture. It's like Pastor Jonathan was also talking about, like... um. As a as a consciousness thing, as understanding that the the Buddha is also teaching pretty much that which Je- that which Jesus came here to teach. Yeah, all religions are correct. So to fully like bring this to a full circle, uh, um, I just want to say that Jesus is the truth, and He is the way. Um, because, because, because I too have been in those moments where yeah. I've had to like, you know, is it's worked for you. Yeah. yeah. I can say that I haven't had any, but I have felt that loneliness. Yeah. I, it's not my mom. It's not my dad. It's not what they taught me. It's not what social media is teaching me. It's not what my, um, not mine. Cause I don't want to call any type of depression or anxiety my own. That's a thing. We constantly, oh, my depression. And we carry that, like, a thing that we have to hold on to, you know? And it's not really our own. Like, God, God, Yahweh, Adonai, creator of all, he wants us to understand that suffering is part of living. But but what going to Jesus brings is that peace and that understanding that suffering is also a choice. And how do you explain that to, like, Anybody that's going through suffering, like yes, I'm not choosing choice. to suffer, I'm going through life. You know, 
Uh, to a certain degree, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Jesus, Jesus chose to suffer, but mm. the reason why he chose to suffer and chose to go through it was because he knew that it was a necessary aspect of him fulfilling what the Lord called him to do. And even for us, you could you could choose to quit, like he said. I've come you, close. You could choose to quit. I'm I've sorry, you close. wanted to stop this, and then I keep. Yeah. I no, keep no, talking. it's fine. Yeah, anybody could choose to quit and say, I want to end this suffering. But then you have to deal with, have I finished the work that the Lord gave me to do? And that's the choice that Jesus demonstrated to us is, it's beyond the scope of my suffering. It's, I want to do those things that are pleasing in my Father's sight. I want to finish the work He gave me to do. And so for disciples of the Lord, He's calling us to do the same thing. Don't quit. And I gotta yeah. have the faith that he's gonna give me what I need to do. Yeah. It. And like she asked, how do you how do you make that jump? How do you bridge that gap? You jump. <laughs> you, just, you jump. It's not a you know there's so many things that we exercise faith in and apply our faith towards we talked about last night. That we don't know that all the ins and outs and intricate details of, and yet we still put our faith in them. Like, I don't know that there's anybody in here, even right now, that really truly knows how to put together a chair, like how to build a chair from scratch. <laughs> yet, everybody right now is sitting in chairs because they're exercising faith not only in gravity, but in carpentry, in, you know, ikea or whatever this they exercise a level of faith in all these different things that for all intents and purposes we really know nothing about but because of experience and because of a choice to sit your ass down and say i'm going to do this and not quit and not question it we're still sitting here and it's the same thing with with jesus there's certain things that you know certain things that you don't know there are certain things, like Pat was saying, that you may not, we may not ever really completely understand. But to the extent that we have been experiencing the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the literally the entire universe, just the way he said from page one how it will be, it's almost ridiculous to not put our faith in him. Because everything is in order. Yeah. As chaotic as... The world has become, because of what man has done, there's works of God that were before the foundation of the world that man can't even corrupt. And so for man to continue to put their faith in man is ridiculous. Man needs to put faith in the incorruptible God that has demonstrated time and time again for however many years the, the planets and the universe have been around, he's been demonstrating, you can't corrupt this order. The, the the problem, the only problem that people have, I think, and that I've had and that Billy's had is that, like, how to do that exactly isn't, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, like, um, clear, it's not, like, okay, you know, if I want to, um, do something, you know, turn that light switch on. Okay, go walk up to it and turn it on. 
Mm-hmm. I think like, it's the same. It's a practice. You got to read. It. Uh, yeah, you but it's hear not it. as simple as turning on a light switch. That's why I asked him to tell people it, it where actually, to go to listen right. to this. Right? You they can't what? just go down to their local church or open up a Bible and start reading it because they may not understand what it's saying. I know I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, that's so where you, you got to start. Yeah. Though. That's actually where you got to start. It's just kind of like like I see we see each other down at the gym. How do you get to people say, well, how do I bridge the gap between I just saw somebody on Instagram deadlifting 500 pounds. How do I bridge the gap between my skinny ass legs and deadlifting 500? You just 500? go to the gym and you pick up a weight and you, you start. start lifting it. Yeah, you it's start. It's very simple. And I mean, it's not it's not easy, but it's like that's. You have, yeah, you have to take that first step and then help comes along. You know, right. some somebody sees you over there with absolutely fucked up form or something like that, or whatever the case may be, and they come over and say, hey, man, I see you over here grinding every day trying to figure this out. Let me help you out. You know, let me help guide you through. I'm a, uh, I'm a weightlifting uh, coach or I'm a powerlifting coach or whatever. Let me help you out. And before you know it, you're getting set up on a track. You're set, set up on a program to get you closer and closer to um, deadlifting that 500 pounds. Is there going to be pain associated with that you damn right yeah i mean and when you're talking about deadlifting at a gym it it totally makes sense but if you're talking about reading a bible alone in your house um you know there more needs to happen same but that's what i'm saying it's really the same application nobody's gonna see you reading it and correct you and help you understand oh they will you'll be you'd be amazed in fact that's it's one of the things that actually has happened with some of the people here is you got some people that are just reading their Bible and they're like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that there's a Bible study. Oh, there's somebody that can help me with this. Oh, and without even knowing it, you've actually facilitated some of these kids here coming to faith and coming to that place where it's like, oh, I can learn it. But that's but I did know it. And we've taken steps to provide that for them. And they're lucky to be here. That's one of the things that they get. Yeah. And they had to take this step to come here. But like, you know, so for anyone listening, like just, I guess, just open up a Bible and start reading it. You got to start somewhere. Or or go to the link below and check out Jonathan and because he breaks it down in like a pretty cool way. What I really think what the message here is like, if you're fucking suffering and you're alone and that void is consuming you. There's something out there. There's help. And just go for it. Because I've been there and a lot of us have been there. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Thank you for coming out, Jonathan. Amen. Thank you. We'll do it again Thank soon. You. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Good night. Thanks, Mary. Thank you.